Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. So many times during that season, walking into a room full of people, like at church, a restaurant, and feeling some of the stares, feeling people glance my way, and and realizing how aware I was of myself and how aware I was of whether or not people noticed me and how focused I was on myself. And I remember starting to hate that. And Mm. I remember thinking, I just want to walk into a room and not even think about it. Mm. I just want to walk in the room and not think about myself. I just want to be thinking about other people. I want to be thinking about the people that I'm going to see, hang out with, and I don't want it to be about me. Hey friend, Heather Creekmore here. You are going to love today's interview with Kristen Clark of Girl Defined. It's an awesome ministry. We'll talk more about it in the show today, but Kristen and her sister Bethany have a ministry for young women, even teen girls, where they talk about all the things that teen girls and young women and old women too (laughs) are struggling with. And I think you're going to really enjoy our interview. This interview is part of our Model April. Yeah, Model March would have sounded so much better (laughs) than Model April. Alas, This is another one of my model interviews. Kristen and I go all different places. We even touch on infertility, which has been a big part of her story over the last decade. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Hey, don't forget our Patreon community is open. Your support would mean so much. If this show has blessed you, consider becoming a patron. You're going to get bonus content every single month. And at certain Patreon support levels, you get to hang out with us once a month on a Zoom call. And that will be so fun. I would love to have the chance to hang out with you once a month. So go to patreon.com slash compare to who or go to the compare to who dot me website and look for the podcast tab and learn all about how you can be part of our Patreon community. Well, I hope that you enjoy my interview with Kristen Clark today on the Compared Who Show. Let's go. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Kristen Clark, thank you so much for being on the Compared to Who show today. Thanks for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. So you are part of my, it was going to be model March and that was like so clever and so fun. And now it's model April, which (laughs) man, that's just weird. But anyway, you're part of my model series and I'm excited to talk about all the things you've been doing recently, but I want to, before we dig into where you're at now, can we go back in time to the time when you were a model? 
Yeah. So I'm going to go back even a little bit before that, because it's a little bit of a journey that led me to that point. So, okay, please. You know, I think for all of us as women, there's some point in time where we start to question whether or not we're, we're pretty, whether or not Mm -hmm. other people think we're pretty, whether we think we're pretty. And I remember not caring or even thinking about that until this very specific point in time. And I was out shopping with my mom. We were out at some big outdoor mall place. And, you know, I don't actually enjoy shopping. (laughs) I didn't like it then. And I don't like it now, unless it's online then I love it. Uh (laughs) So it's hot. I'm, you know, I'm from Texas and it's so hot and I'm just like done. And as we're wrapping things up and I'm around 10 years old, this lady comes running over to us. She's got these pink high heels on and she's dressed real cute. And she says, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me to my mom. And she kind of stops us. And she says to my mom, I noticed your daughter and I was wondering if she does any modeling. Mm. Now here I am 10 years old. I'm not even really thinking that much about beauty. You know, my hair, my version of beautiful was pulling my hair into the tightest ponytail I could possibly uh-huh. muster and then dousing my head with hairspray. So my head was literally like a helmet and my siblings nicknamed me helmet head because uh-huh. it awesome. was, I didn't want a single stray hair flying. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was at. And this lady asked my mom, does she do any modeling? And my mom said, no, you know, kind of confused. Yeah. Like what? And this, the, the lady went on to say that she and her husband were, um, they had this big modeling agency and they mm-hmm. actually had young models come and live with them at this big house and they would train them up to become top models. And so she's telling my mom this whole thing. And um, we were actually in Dallas for a little mother-daughter getaway. We're from San Antonio. So she said, we're one of the biggest agencies in all of Texas. And I, I think your daughter would be an amazing fit for our program. And so she, you know, my mom was just kind of completely caught off guard and didn't know what to say. And obviously wasn't at that point interested in me going into the modeling industry at all. And so she just kindly said, you know, thank you so much. That's really sweet. Um, yeah, we'll take your information. I'll talk to my husband, but that's probably not the route for we're thinking for our daughter, but thanks anyways. And so I remember for the first time, that point in time, walking away from hearing that conversation this lady had with my mom and thinking, wow, me, a model, Mm. what, you know what? And I knew what a model was, but I had never imagined myself ever being one. And so that really pushed me onto this journey of questioning and wondering, well, am I pretty? This lady Mm. thought I was pretty. She thinks I could be a model. She wants Mm. me to come live with her to just questioning. Well, did did that boy think I was cute or, Oh, am I as pretty as my friends or even comparison within my own family? As I hit the teen years, there are five sisters in my family. So you can imagine the comparison, even the struggle just within my own family and in my own heart. And so that was really the starting point for me. Um, that led me on that journey to then getting to that point in my later teen years, I think I was around 19 or 20. I had just graduated high school and that idea of, you know, being a model had never left my mind, but Mm -hmm. in high school, I was busy playing sports. I was working. I was doing school friends like church. I just, I was a Christian. Um, it just, I didn't have time for it. And my parents were not thrilled about the idea, to be honest, Mm -hmm. like they were Mm -hmm. not encouraging me in that direction because they knew the pitfalls. Um, they knew the temptations in that industry. They just were like, no, no, no here. Let's keep our daughter busy with a lot of other things. But throughout my high school, I regularly had agencies approach me randomly in the store, walking Mm. by, and they would just walk up and say, Hey, do you model? And I'd say, no. And they'd say, well, here's our card. We want to talk to you. Mm. And I actually started this little collection of these agency cards and I would keep it in my drawer in my room. And I had probably like 15 at this point. And I just remember thinking, man, 
I kind of want to try this. Like, Mm -hmm. I wonder what this would be like. It just felt so glamorous. Um, you know, just, oh, the success. And I would hear, oh, it just seems so wonderful and beautiful. And, you know, I was wrestling with my own insecurities as a woman, just wrestling with different things about my physical body. I didn't really like, and I thought my nose was too round. And I remember just thinking, man, if only I had a different nose and, you know, I'm really tall. I'm six one. I remember thinking, I just think I'm a little too tall. Um, just things about Mm -hmm. myself I was critiquing. And I thought, well, if I could just become a model, then Mm -hmm. all of these insecurities are going to go away. And so, you know, when I thought at the time, like I, I grew up in a wonderful Christian household. My parents were very intentional to disciple me. Um, but like any woman we wrestle, right. Mm -hmm. And we have sin in our hearts and, and we question things. And I, without even realizing it, I started to place so much of my worth and identity based on other people's opinions of my outward appearance, rather Mm -hmm. than finding my identity in Christ. And I think that's ultimately what pushed me to want to explore this industry. Cause I thought there was something in there that was going to fill something in my heart. And I was going to finally be complete, finally be perfectly happy. And so I don't know if you want want me to get into that part of the story. Yes, please do. Keep going. Keep going. It's good stuff. I know I kind of took us back. And so no, go for it. Here I am. I'm 19 or 20. And I found um, a recent agency that had approached me and they had claimed to be family friendly. Cause I remember when they asked me, I ran into the lady somewhere and she's like, yeah, we're family friendly. If you're not comfortable with something, we don't pressure you. You don't have to do it. And I remember thinking, well, that's different. None of the other agencies sounded like that at all. And so I talked to my parents. I was like, Hey, I'm really thinking about this. Are you guys okay with this? You know, I, I still wanted to get their input and they were like, Oh, just be careful, you know, be cautious, go in with your eyes wide open. Um, don't commit to anything. If it sounds sketchy at all, you know, they were, they were concerned, but they were like, okay, she's an adult. Obviously she's going to make this choice. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I really think I can be a Christian and do this and it's all going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And so I went to the agency, I set an appointment and immediately after the meeting, she said, yes, we want to hire you. Here's a contract. Um, you can sign today or you can think it over, let us know, but you're in. And I was like, whoa. Okay. And the, the type of modeling this agency did. So they were, they had a location in San Antonio. They were based out of LA and they did a lot of promo modeling. So, okay. you know, going to conventions and working, um, like different, um, like events would hire models to come and work their event. Um, it wasn't like runway modeling or anything like that. So, okay. you know, it was a pretty kind of basic entry point. And I thought, okay, this seems pretty safe. Most of it's going to be right here in my own city. I'm mm-hmm. um, not a big deal. And so I remember talking to my parents again, like, Hey, here's the deal. And they were like, okay, you know, your choice, just be careful. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like, I really want to do this. So I signed the one-year contract. I went back and basically the way this agency worked is, you know, I, I had all my pictures taken, created my portfolio. And then as different organizations, businesses, clothing companies, whoever, they would approach my agency and they would say, here's what we're looking for. And my agency would present all of the portfolios for the models they felt would be a good fit for that company. And then that company would take however many portfolios that they were looking through and they would pick the one or two models that they wanted. And so what I didn't realize, and this is where the lie, you know, the grass is always greener. If I could just mm-hmm. reach that one point, if I could just change this about my physical body, if I could just become a model, then I would finally be happy. I, mm-hmm. I will be so confident, so secure. <laughs> and that's a lie. Cause mm-hmm. here's what happens in the industry. So my, my agent would call me and say, Hey, Kristen, this company approached us. You're in the running for this job. Here's what it's going to look like. You know, if you get it, can you commit to this? And I would say, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, totally. That sounds something that's like right up my alley. And then I wouldn't get the call back. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I wasn't, I didn't make it to the final round of selection. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there were probably 10 or so models and they narrowed it down and then picked the one or two that they wanted for that job. And I remember thinking, Oh, this is, 
this is different. I thought I was yeah. going to like, every single thing was just going to go my way. Everybody was going to want me. Everybody was going to think I was beautiful. And now here I am being put against all of these other women, which I would work with. So I knew a lot of them. I knew who mm-hmm. they were. And when I would get the call that I was in the running and then not get the call back, I knew I wasn't selected. So yeah. right there, I was wrestling and working with through this in my heart of like, okay, well that one company wanted me and I got that job, but this other company didn't. So I was good enough then, but I'm not Mm -hmm. good enough now. You know, Mm -hmm. why didn't they want me? What's wrong with me? And I would start critiquing my outward appearance even more. And I would think, Mm -hmm. well, maybe if I just had a different hair color, you know, maybe, or maybe if I went even blonder, you know, I'm blonde haired, blue eyed, really tall, you know, maybe if I was this, maybe if I was that and always Mm -hmm. critiquing what I needed to change in order to be good enough. And that lie that if I could just become a model, Mm -hmm. all of my insecurities would go away was such a massive lie. Because by the end of that one-year contract, I am telling you, I was more insecure, more Mm -hmm. self-consumed, more self-focused, more critical of my outward appearance than I had ever been in my entire life. And I just remember wrestling with the Lord near the end of that contract and thinking, this is a terrible way to live. Like I don't <laughs> want to keep going forward. Yeah. I can see the downward spiral. And the other thing was that my agency started pressuring me. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew I was a Christian. They knew I had certain boundaries and near the end of that contract, they, there were a few jobs I did turn down um, in all honesty, because I knew it was going to be a slippery slope. And I just, mm-hmm. I didn't want to go there. And my agent, my agent, by the end of um, the contract, she said, Hey, look, if you're going to re-up, you need to become more flexible. Like mm-hmm. if you want to make it to the top, if you want to become a really successful model, you can't be picky. You mm-hmm. need to take whatever jobs come your way. You need to be, you need to do whatever the company wants you to do, wear whatever they want you to wear, um, or else you're not really helping our agency out. And I just remember mm-hmm. thinking, okay, there's the truth. You yeah. told me it was going to be flexible, family friendly, but this is the truth of the industry. If you're not willing to show all, bear all, do all, whatever right. they want, then you're not going to make it very far. And whoever you're working for is not going to be very happy with you. And yeah. so that was my, that was my story. And so at that point, it was that, that conversation with my agent. And then also just my own heart, seeing the downward spiral that I knew I was like, this is not helping me in my relationship with the Lord. I am not thriving in my heart, yeah. in my life. I need to get out of this. And that was the turning point for me in my life really to where I stepped back and I, I really started examining and looking at the Bible and saying, okay, Lord, what is your definition of a beautiful woman? What do you want for my life as a woman? How can I use this body that you've given me? Not for my own glory, not for my own gain, not for some sort of fulfillment of myself, but how can I use what you've given me as a vessel for your glory to pour out, to love others. And it wasn't until God really convicted me um, of so much pride and selfishness that I was wrestling with in my heart that I made, like he helped me to, to turn and to look at him and to recognize, wow, there's so much more. Um, and true beauty is so much more than what our culture presents it to be. Yeah. Well, that was great. Well, thanks Kristen for being on the show today. (laughs) I think we covered it all. (laughs) No, that was, that was so awesome. I mean, you, you know, the story's awesome, but the way you tied it up is awesome too. You know, one thing that I thought of just as you were talking about how they kind of changed things on you Mm -hmm. at the end is modeling makes your body a commodity. Mm -hmm. Hey there, have you read The Burden of Better yet? The Burden of Better is my book on how to lead a comparison-free life. Yes, that's right. I actually believe it's possible 
to live a life without comparing yourself to others all of the time. If that sounds good to you, I hope you'll snag a copy of The Burden of Better. You can get it wherever Christian books are sold, or you can start reading the first two chapters free right now on my website. Go to comparedtowho.me, look for the books tab, and find Burden of Better, and you can click right there and start reading today. I hope you enjoy it. Grab your copy of Burden of Better, and then join us for our book club at the end of every month this spring. We're talking about the book together, and I would love to hear your questions or your thoughts. You could drop me an email at heather at comparedtowho.me, or you can go to comparedtowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and leave me a voicemail message on SpeakPipe. I can't wait to hear what you think after you read The Burden of Better. Modeling makes your body a commodity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, like, like you said, when you get into that industry, the same with acting, I know, when you get into that industry and your body is your commodity, what you have to earn money with, <laughs> essentially, right? 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 Yes. I mean- it it does it changes your perspective in a way that you yeah. can't help but put more focus on it. I mean, just as someone in any industry may put more focus on mm-hmm. their work, when your body becomes your work, ah. yeah. yeah. I remember one time that became so clear to me because you know, yeah, it's like oh, we know that, but you kind of brush past it and don't really think about it. At least I wasn't. And I remember one specific time I was about to go work a convention and I asked um, my agent, I was like, so what do they really want from me? And she just said, look, honey, your job is to be eye candy. That's Mm -hmm. all you're there for. Mm -hmm. They want you for eye candy. And I just remember thinking, oh, it just felt so degrading, honestly. And I just remember thinking, wow, I am going here, getting paid so that people can look at me so that Mm -hmm. I can be eye candy for these men at this convention. And it wasn't necessarily a raunchy convention. It's just, that was my whole purpose for even being there. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling a bit degraded and discouraged and just like, Oh, like a little dirty. Like, I don't, I don't like the way this feels. Well, how do you separate that then? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, how was it? I mean, I know it was a while ago Mm -hmm. and, and you were still a growing teen, almost 20 something where a lot of, I think a lot of that approval of other people stuff. I mean, oh goodness, who am I kidding? I know 40, 50, 60, 70 year olds that are still dealing with that (laughs) stuff. So it's not like you like suddenly magically get over it when you hit 30 or anything, (laughs) but I'm still wrestling with some of it for sure. And I'm mid thirties now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But how do you turn that off? Right. I mean, was that, did you start to notice just in your private life, like in your dating life or, you know, just walking into church, like, Hey, everyone, yeah. did you notice I'm here? Yes, yes. <laughs> like- Honestly, because I, I was trained, right. The, the idea is that you are eye candy your job mm-hmm. is to look beautiful and to be appealing and sexually attractive so that you make a point, like you are making a presence on purpose. And it's really hard to separate what you are taught and what is what's kind of fueling one motivation in this one department of your life, but then to just shut it off and to be humble and others focused and not consumed. I remember, um, so many times during that season, walking into a room full of people like at church, a restaurant and feeling some of the stairs, feeling people glance my way and, and realizing how 
aware I was of myself and how aware I was of whether or not people noticed me and how focused I was on myself. And I remember starting to hate that. And I remember thinking, I just want to walk into a room and not even think about it. I just want to walk in the room and not think about myself. I just want to be thinking about other people. I want to be thinking about the people that I'm going to see, hang out with, and I don't want it to be about me, but it had been so ingrained in me, just like a habit. So practice that it was just my default. And I'm telling you, even to this day, I have to fight against that. And I, every time, like I'm going into some sort of event, I have to ask the Lord, Lord, help me to go into this gathering, into this situation, loving others with eyes right. on others. And right. it is still a work in my heart that the Lord is doing to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Can I go someplace that I didn't tell you we were going to go? Yes. <laughs> I like surprises. No, so I, but no, I'm just thinking about, okay. So in my work, since compared to who came out in 2017 and since I've been coaching women, what I have found is a lot of the women that struggle the most are women that got attention for being pretty Mm. starting at a young age. Mm -hmm. And that just what you described that I'm used to walking into a room and feeling approving glances. Like, I'm not going to say that it's like sleazy, like, you know, feeling right. men lust after me, you know, like, right. like, I'm sure that's part of the whole bag in certain scenarios. Right. But just yeah. feeling like people are looking, thinking, wow, she's pretty. Wow. I wish I looked like that. You know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that starts young. Like I remember Chris, this is going to be so lame to, to <laughs> confess, but I remember thinking, so I was single until I was 31. And I worked in the church, um, like twos and threes class in my late twenties. And I remember thinking this is what a geek I am, but I remember thinking that I naturally spent more time with the kids that were dressed cute. Now this was like a huge class, like 25 kids in this class and like three Mm -hmm. teachers. But I remember thinking I was drawn to the kids who showed up at church dress cute. And I remember making a mental note and I was still in the throes of my body image junk, but I remember making a mental note, like someday when I have kids, they need to be dressed cute. So they'll get more attention in the nursery. I mean, and mm-hmm. I, that's super lame to say out right. loud, <laughs> Right. but, but that's, that was my programming. Like, Oh, I, this is how you get noticed. This is how you get attention. Yes. And so as I'm talking to clients, talking to women, who've walked through this, a lot of times it's, you know, it started in that two-year-old class when all the teachers gave me the attention because mom dressed me cute. And then, you know, middle school, you know, maybe there were some awkward years, but then by high school, I was homecoming queen and cheerleader and, you know, like all those stereotypes. Um, and, and then, you know, that kind of became my identity. And then I'm talking to women and they're like, okay, now I'm 50. (laughs) And I'm not that like, it's hard at 50. Like I've joked, um, see, you're still in your thirties. So you have some time left, but after I hit, I think I was probably 42. I was like, it just hit me one day. I was getting dressed to go out on a date with my husband. I was like, I think the best I can go for right now is attractive. Like hot is no longer a possibility. It's just attractive is all I got now. <laughs> so, but, but you know, so it changes and then you have this mm-hmm. crisis right? Because, because you have built Mm -hmm. a foundation and identity on your appearance. So, I mean, and I don't think anyone's parents do that on purpose. Right. And I mean, I think it sticks with some kids and with other kids, Mm -hmm. it doesn't Mm -hmm. stick at all, but, um, but it's just, it is fascinating to think about the number of girls that just like you have had the thought, 
if I could just be a model, then I would know I'm mm-hmm. good enough. If I could just be a model, then I would feel satisfied. Then I would know it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I knew I could never be a model because I'm only five, six. Well, if I stand up really straight, I'm five, six, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, so it's like, that was kind of out of the question for me, but I've put it into terms of being discovered, right? Like, I think we all kind of have this longing yes. in our heart Like if someone would just discover me. And so I'm sure someone's listening to your story thinking she was discovered. Like Mm -hmm. she had someone pick her out of a crowd, Mm -hmm. like not just once, but over and over again and discover her. But that's not the kind of discovery that really gives us life and satisfies, is it? Right. And that's the enemy's lie, right? Is that if we could just be discovered or in this day and age, if we could just be famous as we age, if I could just hold on to my youth. And so hence the reason for the booming industry of all of these surgeries and cosmetic Mm -hmm. things that we can do to fix and crop and tuck and pull and everything, um, all of the enhancements, because we are trying to hold on to this sense of worth. We're chasing after it. And we're told the lie over and over again, that it will satisfy if we could just get to that next place just change that thing about our body, just be accepted and approved by that one guy or that group of people, then we will finally get there, just become a model. And it's such a lie of the enemy because we're chasing after something truly that we cannot find in any of those industries that we cannot find um, in getting those lip fillers or in getting that guy (laughs) to like us, or even getting married at a certain age. Like it is not found in that you ask any woman who has accomplished the thing you're chasing after Mm -hmm. and ask her if she's truly happy. And she'll tell you, no. There's something else. There's, there is still that hole. And that's because Christ designed us. God designed us to only find that ultimately in our relationship with him. And it's not until we turn outward and we have to stop looking inward, stop trying to find it within ourselves and within that thing we think we need and rather look toward Christ and say, God, you are my creator. You are my designer. This is something we say all the time at Girl Defined, um, the ministry I work for, that God designed us, therefore he defines us. And we were created as women to be beautiful. Yes, every single woman is beautiful because God created her in in his image, but we're not beautiful for ourselves. We're not Mm -hmm. even beautiful for if we're married for our husbands. We're beautiful for God's glory. He he came just like Christ came to serve, not to be served. That is our mission. That is our calling as Christian women is to use our lives as a vessel for God's glory, pouring out for others and looking for our identity, our worth, our value, everything that defines us, finding that in who we are as daughters of God and what God says about us in his word. And so when we have that switch, it's, it's so incredibly freeing and we use the word liberation, but in the most biblical sense of the word that we are liberated from the bondage of the lies that we chase after in this world. Um, and we're, we are truly free to live as God created us as his daughters and serve him. And there is, there's truly nothing more freeing than that. I, my sister and I founded Girl Defined Ministries to help younger women understand this message of God-defined womanhood uh, because of how radically God's word transformed our hearts. And we just realized, oh, the lies are everywhere and they're so alluring and they look so mm-hmm. good. And we just think we need that next thing. Um, but in okay. our lives, it's never worked. Not once has it left us more satisfied than when we've gone to the word of God, invested in our relationship with him, used our lives to pour out and serve others. That is when we find true satisfaction. Yeah. Amen. Well, the life of grace isn't linear. It's only idolatry right. that's linear, yes, right? The exactly. idol is, is what says, as soon as you get yeah. me, then you'll be happy. Yes. And I'll like, okay, well, I'll march right towards you. And then 
it's like, oh, mm-hmm. good try. You're just, you're still a couple inches away. You know, I mean, in yep. the body image arena, it's like, if you could just lose the weight, then you would look great. And then you lose the weight and, and the goal changes like, oh, well now you need to firm up or oh, it's a shame about your hair, or maybe you need yes. surgery. You know, like it just, it just keep the goalpost keeps moving when it's an idol we chase. Right. And all these ideals are idols, but the life of grace isn't linear. It's mm. kind of round and curvy and you know like oh I thought I learned that lesson already God you maybe have to go around that around that desert again right so that's that's a good word well Mm -hmm. you and your sister uh through Girl Defined have written a number of books and done all kinds of great things I mean friends if you haven't checked out their ministry yet you really need to check out Girl Defined especially if you have a younger woman in your life because you all have I mean you've got good stuff for women of all ages but your target is probably what teens 20s yeah it's kind of changed over the years as we've grown I feel like it's now probably more like 18 to 35 would be our target range but our resources we always say younger girls can read up so if you're a mom listening or you know a teen girl um, these are all, all of our books girl defined I would start with it's our very first one it's where I share my whole modeling story in detail we go into more application biblical application on these topics and struggles but that would be a great place to start describing girl defined Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Let me ask you the question that I asked Amanda Cunningham. And I think I'm going to ask Jennifer Strickland this too. Would you let your daughter go into modeling? No. (laughs) Okay. So, so what would you tell her? If she were really, really wanting to, Mm -hmm. I would explain my, I would, hopefully she would already know my story, but (laughs) hopefully she would be discouraged because of my story. Um, but I think I would, okay, I guess I say no, like it's a firm no. I would want to, I would want to have that conversation and I would want to talk through um, the pitfalls and the struggles and the endless chasing and the striving and how it leaves so many women much worse off than they were before going in. Same like it did for me. And I would want to encourage her to, if she feels like God has, you know, if God has blessed her with, I don't know, attractiveness, like, okay, that's, that's not where our focus and heart need to be. Let's focus on how we can use the body God has given you to serve and pour out because trust me, that is his good plan for you. We know that in scripture, our calling is to make disciples, love others, build his kingdom. Um, so let's pursue an Avenue that can encourage you in that direction. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I know you don't have any girls, do you? Not yet. (laughs) Just two boys, but you never know. I guess yeah. I'm still only 35. So awesome. Well, and I'm also thinking, you know, even if your daughter hasn't expressed that she wants to be a model, I mean, a lot of our little girls are wanting to be YouTube stars yeah. or TikTok stars, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of data coming out on what that is doing to girls oh, yes. and what just, you know, posing for likes. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. a whole new world of modeling in a way. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a strange, bizarre thing that yeah. I could have never even fathomed would be a thing someday um, that you could have the power to let everyone see you um, mm-hmm. from your bedroom. And it's, right. it's a dangerous, sad, scary thing. Um, but yeah, so mom's like, the words that Kristen just shared with modeling, I think those apply <laughs> if you've got an aspiring YouTube star too. Mm. Um, I mean, enough that there's not a way to do YouTube in a healthy, God-affirming way like you guys do, but yeah, you know. It's hard. It's hard. It's, 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 like, yeah, there's a range. I always, I'm like <laughs> telling my parents, I'm like, you know what, even though I'm, I'm 
way older now. I'm like, I am grateful I didn't have the world of YouTube and Instagram when I was a teen, because I think it would have been horrible for me just knowing my temptations and what I was drawn to at the time. And I just think, wow, by the grace of God, I didn't have to deal with that. But yeah, moms are in a whole new war zone now with social media and TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and all of the things their daughters can access. And like you mentioned early on in this conversation, the commodity that our bodies have Mm -hmm. become, we can be self-made models, right? It like in our, in our own platforms, on our own channels. And so really being so intentional as moms to disciple our daughters in the ways of the Lord, because the world is pulling them in a completely different direction. And it's a strong pull. And if we aren't intentional to disciple the young women in our lives, they don't stand a chance, right? I mean, the Lord's grace, but he, he wants to use us as older women to pour into the younger ones. So we need to be intentional. Absolutely. Will you and your sister have a new book out? Yes. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So our latest book is called not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. And it's crazy because we started writing this book right as the pandemic was breaking out, having no idea that it was happening and talk about not part of the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the time we were writing it. So it's, it's kind of a journey, my sister and myself, 10 years walking side by side, side by side as sisters, each longing for something and our lives going in a completely different direction than either of us had ever planned or prayed for. So for me, it was, um, infertility and recurrent Mm -hmm. miscarriage, not being able to get pregnant easily struggling with that, um, years and years of walking that with my husband. And then eventually God leading us down the path of international adoption in the middle of the pandemic to bring our two boys home from Ukraine. Um, and then crazy right now what's happening in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, wow, the Lord's timing in that. And then my sister's journey of 10 years of desiring marriage and walking that path as a single woman and really Mm -hmm. trusting God in her singleness and learning to thrive right where God has her. So there's a lot more that we talk about in the book, but it's for any woman who's going, yeah, there's this thing in my life. That's not going according to my plan. And I'm struggling to trust God. I feel anxious about it. My emotions are a roller coaster. Um, and I know God has so much more for me. I want to learn how to trust him and to thrive right now in these twists and turns, but I'm not sure how to do that. That is what our latest book is for. Awesome. Hey, since you mentioned infertility, I know that is a issue close to the heart of several of my listeners. Hmm. Can you just give us a a takeaway there? You know, what, I I know it's a journey and I don't want to oversimplify things in any way, but is there, is there one thing that stands out to you that God has taught you along that journey? And, oh man, there is a lot that he's taught me. I come from a big family, eight kids. So Mm -hmm. I never, ever even imagined this would be my struggle, mm-hmm. um, you know? And so early on in our marriage, and this could be a whole nother conversation for a whole nother episode, but you know, as the years went on and I started to realize through after dozens of doctor's visits and no explanation for why I was having miscarriages for why I couldn't then get pregnant for five, six plus years, I'm still on this journey in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Like I still have not been able to get pregnant and maintain a pregnancy full term. Um, God just kept taking me back to his character. And in Mm -hmm. some of my darkest moments in the aftermath of some of my miscarriages, and then continuing on this journey with no answers, I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility. Um, God Mm -hmm. just kept taking me back to his word and the character, um, who he says he is. And so who he says in his character, his names, his attributes, and that has truly, that is what has been my firm foundation because my heart has been so shaky. So all over the place, um, my longings have felt so strong that I've been tempted 
so many times to view God's character through the lens of my circumstances, through the lens of my brokenness in this area and just crying out to God and saying, God, renew me by the truth of who you are. Mm. And so we actually created a free PDF at Girl Defined. Just awesome. at, you go to girldefined.com slash God for any woman listening who is like, yes, I need to be renewed in who God says he is. Because although our life is so hard and infertility is so extremely painful, God is the same God yesterday, mm-hmm. today, and tomorrow, and our hope needs to be in him. And so that PDF is just a 30-day prayer guide through the names and attributes of God. And it's, um, again, girldefined.com slash God. And that has been an anchor for my heart. And I hope for any woman listening, wrestling with infertility or miscarriage, that just soaking in those names and attributes can bring so much hope to your heart as well. Awesome. I am so excited to hear about that, Kristen. And I'll make sure that the link to that is in the show notes, because I think that sounds like a fabulous resource. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I love it. Our conversation was just like a little bit of a lot of things and we touched on some big stuff though. I love it. (laughs) It's good to keep variety, right? Yes. It was so good. I really, really love getting to share. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate you you sharing your story and I hope that everyone will connect with Girl Defined. Can you give us your social handles and just say your website one more time? Okay. Girldefined.com. And then Instagram, we're at Girl Defined. We have a weekly YouTube video that comes out, youtube.com slash Girl Defined. We're still on Facebook, although I know not everybody is anymore. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Girl Defined. I really ever, oh, and then we have a podcast, which we love. That's probably my new favorite thing is podcasting. It's so fun. It and is. that's just the Girl Defined show. So pretty much if you Google Girl Defined, you'll find you'll something. <laughs> find all the things. Oh, that's so yes. awesome. Well, Kristen, thanks again for being on the show today. And thank you for watching or listening. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. show blessed you may i ask a huge favor leave a review on your favorite platform seeing your five star reviews is a huge encouragement to me not sure how to do it you can go to compare to who.me slash podcast scroll to the bottom and you'll find all the information and while you're at compare to who.me check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image comparison all the things you're thinking about plus you can find out more about my books Or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the start here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. 
I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hi, friend. Are you stressed? Maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too. Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.